Uh, if you want to turn your Bibles to Romans 5, and if you're using the green Bible that you grabbed on the way in, it's page 940. And if you need a Bible, take it. It's our gift to you. Help yourself anytime. Page 940, uh, Romans chapter 5. And oh, wow, I, I was really praying about this title, and, and I love it. I love it. Don't let your past determine your future. I hope you don't forget this one. We're going to drive it home the whole time. Don't let your past determine your future. Romans 5, 12 to 21. We have all been born genetically predisposed. All right. Disposed. We've all been born genetically predisposed toward some kind of disease. Every one of us, and lots, some of us, many of them. And something often triggers this. Maybe it's a virus. Maybe it's our environment, something in the environment. Maybe it's our lifestyle or a trauma or stress can trigger this, what we're predisposed to. And we can actually get tested to see if we are at risk for many things now. You can get these tests and see if you're at risk for these things. Sometimes it's possible to minimize that risk when we find this out. Um, There's lots of different ways we can minimize the risk, although really can't evade it forever because it's coming. Some people, actually with breast cancer, some women actually choose, even young women, choose to get a double mastectomy to avoid breast cancer because they know they're very have a high risk of that that's very extreme but some people actually do that with other risks it's helpful to know so that we can plan for them or try to slow them down in some way we think of alzheimer's uh you there's ways that you can slow it down but not stop this terrible disease which is affecting all of our families right it uh it, but there's a lot of hopeful things coming with, with Alzheimer's and lots of different medical sciences coming up with all kinds of things that were very hopeful. Medical science is working hard to try to find cures for what we are genetically disposed toward. They're trying hard to do this. Wouldn't it be great, though, if you could take the test to find out what your predisposition is and also get the cure at the same time? Wouldn't that be awesome? I remember when I was that'd be really awesome. I remember when I was a kid watching Star Trek, and I know we have you know Bob different Star Trekkies out there. And I used to love to watch it because Doctor McCoy he had that little thing in his hand, whatever it was. What was it called, Bob? Scanner, scanner. Thank you, scanner. All right, a couple other Trekkies out there, and. And the scanner, he would scan someone and they and find out what's wrong. They're unconscious on the ground. He'd scan them and say, oh, this is what's wrong with them. Then he'd set the scanner and shoot it at them and cure them. And it was awesome. And I remember him talking one time saying, oh, can you believe instead of the scanner, at one time people actually cut someone open to deal with this thing, you know. And, and you know, the primitive, his life was very primitive at that time, you know. And, and it, 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 I was like. It wouldn't it be great to have that scanner to, to do that? Hopefully someday. Hopefully someday. We're going to see today, though, that we all have also inherited a deadly spiritual gene. A deadly spiritual gene. We've inherited this spiritual gene and the inevitable disease, a deadly disease from Adam. From Adam. The gene and the inevitable d- disease from Adam, which is why we all die. Because of Adam, we all die physically because of that. And all disease 
and suffering comes because of Adam's sin and our owning of that sin. We're all, everybody says, why is there evil? Why is God, it's not God, it's us. We chose it. Adam chose it, we chose it, uh, and we choose it continually. It can all be traced, but even worse than the physical death is spiritual death. In this life and in the life to come, we all were dead spiritually here, and we're facing eternal spiritual death for eternity because of this genetic, spiritual genetic predisposition and also our choosing to join in with that. But bad news, but the good news, we're going to see in Romans 5 that there is a cure. We don't have a cure for all the diseases out there physically, but there is a spiritual cure for this very thing. And we can all have life now on this earth and forever with God someday healing because of this care. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the worship today, the refocusing off of all the trials in our life and struggles and stress and anxiety. We, we have shifted to focusing on you, God. And now as we focus on your word, we pray that you're Holy Spirit would touch us in a special way through your mercy and grace. And I pray if anybody here does not have life in Jesus Christ, they would have it before they walk out today or wherever they are before I finish this ending prayer today, that they would have that life. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so here we go. It's a wild one. Romans, Romans is great, isn't it? And we're just warming up. It gets better and better. Here we go. Romans 5. Romans 5. I'll read over here. Uh, Verse 12. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned, to be sure sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through the righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Wow, what a passage. Now, first thing I want to mention, and thing kind of jumps out at us, is that Paul believed in a literal Adam. 
a literal man called Adam. Paul believed in that. The Bible clearly teaches that, that there was a creation and Adam was the first human being created, which means that evolution is not possible. It's not a possible option for a true Christian. Anybody who's a true Christian cannot say, well, I believe in Jesus, but I believe in in evolution. Impossible. That's like, it's impossible. If you're a true Christian, you must believe that God created the world and Adam was the first human being created. Enough said about that. Okay, so uh, verse 12, we're going to start off with the disease in verse 12. The disease. In verse 12, he says, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. So we see that, that the, the, the disease is here. Why is there so much suffering? Because of Adam. It's not God. It's Adam and our fault. That's why it's there. Adam messed up, and he passed on sin, and he passed on suffering to all of us. That's what he passed on to us. We are all born with a spiritual genetic predisposition, every one of us. And the moment we sin, we trigger this devastating disease in our life. The the moment you commit your first sin, you trigger this devastating disease that we're predisposed to. It's called original sin. Original sin. And we all inherit it from Adam's fall and the curse that resulted. Adam's sin and and the fall and the curse. If you need proof, if you need proof of this, that we have all inherited this, have children. (laughs) Proof? Kids. Kids. Genesis 8.21. In Genesis 8.21, God said, Never again will I curse the ground because of humans, even though every inclination of the human heart is evil is evil from childhood. Get that? And never again will I destroy all living creatures as I've done. For every inclination of the human heart is evil from childhood. That is what God said there. Now, you don't, we don't have to teach children to be bad. We don't have to teach them to be bad. Uh, they, they're terrible twos, go to terrible threes, terrible fours, terrible eighties. It just keeps on going. You know, it never stops. We, it, and it, it, it's true. And it's a shock for new parents. New parents, when their kids first tell that lie, remember that? Or they do something that they just shocked you and, and they're just shocked. And my parents come to me all the time and they say, I can't believe it. My, my perfect little child is, you did this terrible thing. And, and they're just, I can't believe what they're doing and and i said don't be surprised they're just like their parents it's true we're we're all like that we should be shocked right there's this new not new it's been out for a little while but but a lot of people have embraced it even some people i know it's called oppositional defiant disorder and they and and it said there's a reason why some kids are so defiant they have oppositional defiant disorder and and they actually have pills they give them for this there's certain pills you know and uh and it's true it's it's more more common than you think and i always say i have 13 of those with that and I didn't fix it with a pill, you know. <laughs> we won't go into that. But anyway, uh, it's crazy, right? But sin and we all have it. Sin and death came through Adam. And it started with Adam and Eve. It came through our, 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 you know, our great, 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 great grandfather and grandmother. And, but each one of us is still responsible. 
we're still responsible because all have, we've all sinned. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We all have done it. We are all born with a killer gene, a killer gene which will definitely be activated at some point by sin. It's just a matter of when. It's by sin. And it doesn't matter what environment we grow up in. People blame the environment. No, no. It doesn't matter what environment we grow up in. It's still in every one of us. We all sin, and we are responsible for our sin. Individually responsible. This is a hard concept today in America, isn't it? It's a hard concept. We're in a society of victims. Victimhood, right? And, and you know, the, the, new, the, the thing that everybody does now is, is psychoanalyzing sin, psychoanalyzing crime. It's not murder. It's not stealing. It's a syndrome. It's a disorder, right? And that lawyers use this. Uh, I remember one lawyer in, years ago in Florida, someone murdered someone, and, and he used the urban psychosis defense. Urban psychosis. You can figure out they grew up in the urban area, and, and that, that's what caused them to murder somebody. You know, no, 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 no. Romans 5.12 says this. Romans 5.12, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way, death came to all people because all sinned. All sinned. We have all sinned, and we are all responsible. That is the bad news. That is the sad news for us. But the good news, the great news, is that there is a cure. Unlike the physical diseases, there is a cure for the spiritual disease. There's a cure for this disease. In verses 15 and 19, I'm going to read it again. Look at the cure here. <clears throat> but the gift is not like the trespass. For if the many died by the trespass of one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. The Holy Spirit's driving his home, isn't he? The contrast. Driving it home. Just as the disease came through one man, the sin disease came through one man, Adam, Adam, the cure comes through the God-man Jesus Christ, the second Adam. I'm going to say it again. Now listen to this. Just, and this is what Paul's saying here. Just as the disease came through one man, Adam, the cure comes through the God-man Jesus Christ, the second Adam. That's where the cure comes from, the second one. And what a difference between the two, Adam and, and Adam and the second Adam, Adam and Jesus Christ. Jesus is called the second Adam all throughout the scripture. The first Adam had every advantage. You, you talk about the perfect environment, right? Every advantage, perfect environment, perfect. He, he, he lived in a lush garden, you know? He had a beautiful wife who loved him. You know, they were one 
Everything's going his way. He lived in his lush garden and he had a buffet. He could eat everything and anything. It was everywhere. Unbelievable, right? Yet he still ate the forbidden fruit. He fell and sinned. Adam and Eve both did that. that. That's what they did. The second Adam had everything against him. Look at the difference. He wasn't tempted in a beautiful garden, lush garden with all this food. He was, you talk about a terrible environment. He was in a desert, a desert. And, and he had nothing to eat for 40 days, 40 days, nothing yet. He still resisted. He still resisted temptation and Satan. He wouldn't turn those stones to bread. He still resisted. Jesus Christ beat sin. He beat sin. Then he died for our sin and defeated death. He beat them both. He defeated them both. Sin and death. Look, contrast the two Adams. I just made a little list here. Contrasting the Adam, Adam versus Jesus Christ. Adam brought sin and death through him. Jesus brought life and light to us. Adam was diso- brought disobedience. Jesus brought obedience. Adam brought trespass and sin. Jesus brought the gift and grace. Adam brought condemnation. When we look at that, Adam brought condemnation. Jesus brought justification. Look at the contrast there. Through, through Adam, sin, uh, through, sin came through Adam. Sin came through Adam, but we are all responsible for our sin. Adam brought sin. It came through Adam, but we're all responsible for our sin. But life came through Jesus Christ. Life came through Jesus Christ, but we are all responsible to believe. Get the difference there? I'm going to say those last two. Sin came through Adam, but we're all responsible for our sin. But life came through Jesus Christ, but we're all responsible to believe in him. To believe in him. Romans 5.21, the last verse of the passage of of, uh, chapter 5. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Our Lord, do you have life in Jesus Christ? Do you have that eternal life now and forever? The moment you put your faith in Christ, life on this earth all the way up to eternity. Do you have that life now and forever? John 6, 47 says, Jesus said in John 6, 47, he says, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. The word believe in Greek means to put your trust in, to put your faith in. To completely depend on Jesus Christ. It's when we repent. There's two parts to it in Scripture. We've talked about this many times. We repent. We walk away from sin. And we turn to Jesus Christ. We walk away from our old life. We, we turn to Jesus for new life. And he says, I tell you the truth. He who believes has everlasting life. And we talk about this all the time. John 3:16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. God loved us so much that he sacrificed his son on the cross who died on the cross to give his body and to give his blood. Took our, he was a substitute. He took our sin. He took our disease. He took our shame. He took it all on himself on that cross so that if we will 
put our faith in him, we can have life. We can be cured. We can be set free. If we will repent and put our faith in Jesus and his death and his resurrection for us, not just the death, but the resurrection, proving he was the Son of God, proving that we can have new life, we put our faith in his death and resurrection, we will have eternal life. Our genetics will be completely rewritten, completely. And, And the moment we do that, we will have eternal life and a new life now, a new start no matter what in our life. It will be completely, we are completely transformed. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. We will become a new creation instantly. The moment, the, the, the moment you put your faith in Jesus. You are a new creation. We are a new creation in Christ. And you see, we aren't just saved to, to go to heaven someday that's not why we don't pray the prayer to go to heaven someday that's a great thing that happens believe me we look forward to that but we're saved to live a new life now whether you have one hour or or a hundred years we live a new life now a new life now. And Colossians 3 talks about this very thing. In Colossians 3, this is really a, an amazing passage. Colossians 3, verse 5. Once you become a Christian, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Sexual immorality. Notice it's always the top of the list. Why is that? It's been a problem for a long time. It still is, right? Sexual immorality, impurity, lust. Evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. Scary for our country, isn't it? You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self and have put on, with its practices and have put on the new self. Now, here it comes. And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Wow, wow, wow. Which is our new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. What is the Holy Spirit telling us there? That we're, we're actually being renewed. We're being recreated in God's image. That we, we were, Adam was, but the, the image, that God's image was marred. It was, you know, scarred. It was, it was, you know, poisoned because of sin. But now, To the second Adam, we are being recreated. Made new into the image of God is powerful, right? Recreated. Powerful. Everyone is a new creation. And notice he says, in knowledge. In knowledge. What is he talking about? God's word. We're renewed in knowledge. In the image of our creator. If you don't know God's word, you're not being renewed. I can 
definitely tell you the amount of renewal in our life is tied to how well we know God's word. We must know his word. We must know who we are in Jesus Christ. We're going to focus on that in Romans 6. Romans 6, we're going to really hammer it, but, but, so don't miss that next couple of weeks. But we don't, you don't have to wait till then because you can get into God's Word right now. You can go home and do it on your own. You can, you can read a chapter a day and underline verses and write them down or, and then memorize them and meditate on them and, and let the truth soak into your mind and heart. And life's behavior. Let that that happen. You don't have to wait for Romans 6. You can start doing that right now. And and that's why it's vital that we're also in home fellowships and Bible studies and and getting discipled and mentored one-on-one. In the bulletin, there's a list. And and on the back table, there's a list. If you want to get connected, we we need to be connected somehow. Sunday morning is awesome. But but during the week, home fellowship, Bible study, something going on. Ladies' Bible study is kicking off again. Meeting with someone or one-on-one, we all need that. Uh, if you want to get connected somewhere, talk to me, talk to Kim. We'll get you connected, whether it's with a group or with a, someone to disciple you. But it's, it's vital to do this, to be renewed in knowledge in the image of, of our creator. It, it's vital to break the sin cycles that we re- inherited from Adam and we inherited from our parents. Right. And that we're passing on to our children, you know, the, the family, our immediate family. We all have this. We some people say, well, my family's dysfunctional. I go, no, they're sinful. And we all are. You know, I, that word dysfunctional, I, I you know it, it, it helps us describe something, but it's really just about the effect of sin. And we all have it. We're all broken. Welcome to the human race. We're broken by the fall. It started with Adam. And we all have it, but it's vital that we break these cycles. When I was a kid uh, on, on the farm, we used to have all these different animals, wild animals that were pets. But we, you know, we had possum and all kinds of animals. But as they got older, the baby, baby this, baby that, it got older, we had to let them go because they got, you know, mean. They, they're nice little things, but they turned mean, you know. They just got wild. That's what they are. They're wild. And, and uh, I remember my one... Uh, my cousin Jonathan, he had a uh, pet raccoon, and we would go over and we'd catch fish and feed it. It was the cutest thing. They'd be chewing on these fish, and we'd all be petting it, and we thought it was great. But it reached an age, it started getting mean. We had to let it go. But I, most people know to do that, but I was reading about this one family years ago. They had a pet raccoon, and they never let it go. They kept it. They trusted it. They thought they could keep this this raccoon. Uh and, and one time they left, they left the kids in, with the sitter. They, left the, they had a baby, actually. They left it with a babysitter. And the babysitter got the baby to sleep, but there was a bar next door. And she said, well, I'm going to go over and have a drink real quick. I'll be back. The baby's sleeping. Everything's fine. Came back and, I hate to even say this, the raccoon had chewed off the baby's fingers and toes. That baby was maimed for life because they kept that pet raccoon. We all have pet raccoons. Our sin affects our family. And I, I wasn't debating to tell, but I want to tell because I want you to remember something. Our sin affects our family. It affects them. It affects our heritage. We must break the cycle. Vital 
to break the cycle. Whatever it is. We got it all covered, don't we? Uh, you know, I have the book in the back. Victory over darkness is on the back shelf. Uh, Bondage breaker, which is the next step on that. Uh, Search for significance. These books are tremendous resources for breaking the cycle, not passing it on, not letting our our children or our grandchildren and and our our be damaged by what we we have in our life. It's very important to break it. Very important to break it. Uh, have, and, and not only do we have the books available, but I have people available. If you say, hey, Pastor Chuck, I struggle with whatever it is, you know. Uh, we got someone who will take you through the book and help you break it because we've got everything covered. There's nothing you can tell me that we don't have someone in this church that could help you with. Believe me, right? Uh, we, and lots of us could help people with lots of things, couldn't we? Uh, so, but we, we, we can, there's a help is available no matter what sin you struggle with you can be transformed we can be a new creation just look at our church new hope community church look at the lives look at our so many lives what god's mercy and grace has done in so and done and won in our lives it's just amazing the stories of god's grace that's why our testimony services are so powerful when we remember that it's powerful it, that's what God has done. God can free anybody from anything if we will surrender our life to him. I remember years ago, Dr. Dobson used to have a radio show. I think he still has something going on, but, but I used to listen all the time. And one time he had a, a, a woman on who told an amazing, powerful story. She was actually kidnapped by a rapist and murderer. A rapist and murderer kidnapped this Christian woman. You know, she knew what was coming. But she started to witness to this guy. And he was open. She, he ended up, she ended up leading him to Christ. He accepted Jesus right with her. She, he prayed to accept, put his faith in Jesus. Then he let her go. Let her go. The police finally catch up with him. He didn't fight the arrest or anything. You know what they found him doing? He was reading his Bible, the Bible that the woman had given him. He was reading a Bible. Amazing. He goes to prison, has this incredible impact in the prison. He was never getting out. Has this incredible impact in the prison. He even converted the warden, who then tried to save this man from his execution but couldn't be done. The man was finally executed for his crimes. Amazing, right? But you know what? He already had victory, this man who was executed. He already had victory over sin and death. He was in prison, but he was free, right? He was in prison, but he was free. He was executed, but he didn't die. It was then that he was really alive in Christ Jesus. It was then. That's the hope we have. That's the hope we have.
My dad's pretty sick. I wasn't going to tell this, but I think I'm going to. He's signing a DNR right now in the hospital. He's in quarantine. Talked to him on the phone yesterday. We had a great talk. And I said, Dad, I'm planning on coming in a couple weeks, but I can come now if you need, but he's in quarantine now. But we had a great talk, and and he's been really sick. He's been really struggling. And he said, the doctors are saying this. And he goes, but what's the worst that can happen? Right? He listens to my sermons. He's like, what's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Being stuck here like this. I said, exactly. The best that could happen is you get out of here. You get to heaven. That's what our faith does. I said, but Dad, hang on a little longer because i got a great sermon coming tomorrow. Romans, this, this Romans 5 is a great. He said, I don't have anything to listen to, but when I get home, hopefully I'll get to listen to it. But I don't know what's going to happen. But the point is, he doesn't know what's going to happen. But the point is, that's what our faith frees us. We can, if you're not a Christian yet, you can start your new life right now. No matter what you've done, murdered, raped, whatever you've done, no matter who you were, you can start that new life right now. You know the verse that we do all the time, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexually immoral. There it is again. What do we push on our society? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. That's what we were, right? But we were washed, sanctified, justified. That's, that's what we are. And, and as Christians, that, if you put your faith in Christ, that's what you were. But even as Christians, a lot of times we don't live like that's what we were. We, we hang on to that stuff, right? But, but sanctification, when he talks about sanctification, that's positionally. The moment you put your faith in Jesus, you are sanctified. You're set apart. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly realm. But yet there's the, the practical, progressive sanctification that the Bible also teaches. That's a day-by-day, year-by-year, you know, the rest of your life. We have to become more progressively sanctified as we persevere, as we depend on God's mercy and grace, as we get help from other Christians and, and get some support. That's when, it, that's when it happens. But I just want us to remember our past does not have to determine our future because of Jesus Christ. Don't let your past determine your future. Let's pray. When we go this time of prayer, I want each of us to pray this in our heart. 
I won't let my past, Jesus, I won't let my past determine my future. Maybe you're here or listening to this and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You are still that list of were. You're still facing God's wrath for all of eternity. But you can be set free right now, just like this man who ended up in prison. You can be set free right now by putting your faith in Jesus Christ. You can be set free and live free and, and know that you have life forever as a new creation in Christ. Are you ready to pray that prayer? Are you ready to, in your heart, put your faith in Jesus Christ? You can do it in your heart, but I always encourage people to pray a prayer to put an exclamation point on it. God, I don't want the sin. I don't want the shame. I don't want the garbage. I don't want my old life anymore. I repent. I walk away. I leave it behind. I'm turning to Jesus. I ask you to forgive me, God, because I'm putting my faith in Jesus. My faith in his death on the cross for me. My faith in his resurrection from the dead for me. To justify me. I give my life to you, God. If you have prayed that prayer of faith in your heart, in your head, out loud, wherever, something shocking has happened. Your, your life will never be the same. Because you can never... never be the same. If you try, you're going to be miserable because you are now a new creation in Jesus Christ. And the rest of your life on this planet is really only about one thing. Getting to know Jesus. And to be renewed to be like Him. Will you, as Christians, will we as Christians recommit, refocus on this renewal, this recreation? 
getting to know God's word and in Jesus. Breaking free. Father, I pray that we would all you would just drive this home through your Holy Spirit into our hearts today, but every day. And if anybody's put their faith in Christ, tell somebody. Tell me on the way out. Fill out the card. Tell a family member, a friend, somebody at work, somebody at school that you know is a Christian, been talking to you, praying for you. Tell someone so that we can encourage you and be excited for you and help you grow. Father, we pray your Holy Spirit would complete this in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen.